بودكاست لونش اون فاير حلقه رقم 95 بودكاست لونش اون فاير اول بودكاست متخصص ومهتم في عالم رياده الاعمال والمشاريع الصغيره والمتوسطه في الشرق الاوسط يقدم لكم محدثكم خالد الزنكي وهدفنا في البودكاست مساعده كل من يبي يدخل عالم رياده الاعمال والبزنس علشان ينجح في البداية خلونا نشكر الشركات الراعية لبودكاست لونش اون فاير، الراعي البلاتيني، وزارة الدولة لشؤون الشباب، الراعي الذهبي اسنان تاور ووان جلوبل، ونشكر الجهات الاعلامية الراعية بعد سينسكيب، مجلة خليجسك، والجمعية الدولية للاعلان، فرع الكويت، وموقع كويت بودكاست. وبودكاست لونش اون فاير من انتاج الزنكي انتربرايزز. Okay, let's get started with today's episode in Launch on Fire podcast. I'm so excited today to introduce my guest, Dr. John Hayes. Are you ready for the launch of the yes, episode? Yes, I'm ready. Awesome. Dr. John is an international recognized expert in franchising, and he's a professor at Gulf University of Science and Technology, as known as Guest in Kuwait. So, Dr. John, I have given our listener just a quick overview about yourself, and usually we give our guest an opportunity and the chance to introduce himself. Thank you. So please take it away. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to be here. This is my seventh year in Kuwait teaching at uh, GUST, where I have a dual appointment in mass communications and in the business administration, the College of Business. And uh, so I teach marketing and writing, and uh, I do a lot with franchising, particularly throughout the region. So this will be my fourth year uh, this coming December, It'll be my fourth year to be the keynote speaker at the Abu Dhabi International Franchise Conference and mm-hmm. Expo. So uh, I've devoted my career almost uh, 40 years worth to working with franchise companies, franchisors, franchisees, and this concept of franchising. I mean, I have about a dozen books, maybe more now, about franchising that are at Amazon.com and and uh, so this has been my life, franchising for the most part. Awesome. Can you give us a quick overview about franchising in the business world today? Yeah. So this is the concept. And if in, here in Kuwait, we always uh, we equate uh, uh, Mr. El Shaya with franchising because uh, Mr. El Shaya is probably the world's largest master franchisee. Uh, he owns uh, more than 70 brands, the last uh, that I noticed on his uh, website and climbing. Um so this is a, where a, an individual or an entrepreneur or a company links up with a franchisor that could be based in America, but also could be based in Japan or could be based in Australia. And the franchisor has developed a brand and they want to uh, develop that brand in Kuwait or throughout the, um, the Gulf region. And so then they find someone, usually an entrepreneurial type of person like Mr. El Shaya, who has the financial wherewithal and the other intelligence that's required to uh, buy the brand and develop it in that particular area. So there's a franchisor and a franchisee involved in the process. Awesome. Let's dive into our major topic of today, which is the importance of getting a franchise specifically mm-hmm. for startups and small businesses. Based on your experience, why do most businesses or entrepreneurs prefer to get a franchise and why franchising? Well, people like to get a franchise to become a franchisee uh, because the brand has already been established. If you could own um, Dairy Queen or you could own Pizza Hut or you could own Domino's or any of the famous burger franchises, 
Uh, you could own a Starbucks, for example, which is not franchised in the United States, but of course is franchised outside the United States. If you can get these brands, you have automatic overnight identity and customers know who you are and what you serve and you open the doors and the customers are there as opposed to having to start a uh, John's Coffee Shop, which uh, nobody's ever heard of and uh, will take years, perhaps, for it to catch on and develop a following. Mm -hmm. So you want to buy a franchise because you got that instant brand name recognition. And the other big plus of having a franchise is that the franchisor teaches you how to operate the business successfully. And people will often say, well, the reason businesses don't last uh, they go out of businesses because they did not have enough capital to operate the business. And that's not true. They go out of business because they spend so much time trying to figure out how to operate the business successfully, how to attract customers and keep them coming back, that they don't have enough money to sustain, to sustain that. They had plenty of money to invest in a business. And had they bought a franchise, they would have had the, uh, the intelligence that they needed uh, through training programs that the franchisor provides, through manuals and so forth, mm -hmm. they would have been taught the system, and they don't have a system. Dr. John, I'm sure throughout your entrepreneurial journey in a franchising scene, you have discovered many mistakes that entrepreneurs did. Can you share with us the top list of mistakes that entrepreneurs do when approaching a franchising? Yes, the first thing is that people will buy a hot franchise. They, and this is a question that I get all the time. And I've written a book called Buy Hot Franchises Without Getting Burned. And I've written that because so many people want to buy the hottest concept. Well, buying the hottest concept could be the worst thing uh, you, you could possibly do. Because first of all, the hottest concept in America may not be the hottest concept in your part of the world. Mm -hmm. And the hottest concept uh, any place that you buy may not be what you're good at doing. You might not like selling that product or you might not like the customers of that product. So people think, well, because it's hot, it's going to be very popular and that means I'm going to make a lot of money. And there's much more to business than just making the money, even though mm -hmm. that's what, you know, why most people get into business. They want to have financial independence and make money. It makes sense, but there's more to it than that. So Buying the wrong concept is, is a huge mistake that people make. Aligning themselves with the wrong franchise company, um, not doing the due diligence that's required, not taking the time to check it out, do, buying too fast, that, that's a, another mistake. And then the, probably the third biggest mistake, maybe it could be the number one mistake in some cases as well, is you buy the franchise and then you don't do what the franchisor says. You don't follow the rules and regulations of the franchise, which means the franchisor can take the license back, but it also means you're probably not going to be as successful as you want to be because you're, you're not, the, the franchisor already knows um, how to make the, whatever the product is. You don't have to recreate it. You don't have mm -hmm. to change it. They know how to hire. They know how to motivate. They know how to train. They're teaching you how to do all that. Why are you doing something different? Even with your advertising or your marketing, if you're going to do it your own way, then why did you buy the franchise? And yet this is, this is a mistake people make. Dr. John, you, you talked about uh, actually selecting and do, doing the due diligence in order to approach the right franchisor. Based on your experience, what challenges that most of the entrepreneurs face in really finding out the right franchise and evaluating it and making sure that it would fit the market that they're in. It's very difficult to do from Kuwait, particularly. If you're in the United States, it's not difficult to do 
at all. But because of geography and because of um, the, um, the misperceptions um, of, um, of Kuwait and the region and people from the Arab world, it becomes much more difficult um, to deal with American franchisors today to get their attention, and mostly to get their trust and because they think they cannot trust somebody who comes from Kuwait or from the Arab world in general. Mm-hmm. This is always a huge issue. Franchisors will say to me, if you find someone who you think uh, uh, we could trust, that's always the big word, we're interested in bringing our brand to, uh, to the Gulf region. Well, you know, there are many people who... And what's what's be, the reason behind that, Dr. John? Well, it, it's historical. It goes back to, uh, you know, the, the turmoil that we face in the Middle East. And, uh, and it's also, there's some truth that um, um, American businesses and other businesses have been cheated by people, not just in the Arab world, but in other foreign countries as well, who pirate their brands or who don't pay their fees or who... Uh, do things their own way. And, and you know, Americans know, look, the last thing I want to do is invest money in a lawsuit suing, suing somebody in Kuwait. I'm not going to be able to win that. And why would I want to get involved? It's just better not to. And there are many, many unhappy stories where uh, trust was not, um, uh, did not exist between the two parties. And as a result, uh, you know, people are very wary about dealing with, uh, with, with the Gulf region or people from the Gulf region. And then, of course, there's the big issue that we've got to face, terrorism, that, you know, uh, Americans don't know that just because you're from Kuwait, or I still get the question, aren't you afraid to live there among terrorists? Well, aren't you afraid to live in America among terrorists? <laughs> Maybe more of an issue there. I, I mean, I don't know that I'm living among terrorists. I, I've never, my students sometimes don't like me, but I don't see them as terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. John, I'm sure you have witnessed a lot of failure stories when it comes to really uh, operating a franchise. Based yeah. on your experience, we want to hear one of those failure stories and what lessons have you discovered? Yeah, well, again, it goes back to, this issue of not doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. There have been so many failures, particularly with people who buy a master license. So you acquire the master license rights for, let's say, Kuwait for ABC franchise. It doesn't matter if it's a, a Japanese or a European or an American uh, concept. You have uh, the master license rights, which might cost you anywhere from a half a million U.S. dollars to two or three million U.S. dollars, depending on what it is. Mm -hmm. And that's only the beginning of your cost. So it's a huge uh, financial expense. But because you don't do things the way the franchisor told you to do them, or perhaps you selected the wrong franchisor because there are some franchisors who would not know uh, what to do in Kuwait and uh, And how how to do it and how to do it. This, This is often a problem. Or they don't have the training programs. And frequently this has happened where they buy a particular uh, brand and they can't, the, the, the master licensee can't get it off the ground. Um, a lot of this, though, is related to you did not do proper due diligence. What were you thinking? Well, I was in a hurry and I needed to buy this and I, you know, I wanted to get it before somebody else. And it's such a great concept. It does so well in America. Yeah, but none of that makes sense for Kuwait. It, you know, we don't know that it would do well in Kuwait because you didn't mm-hmm. do the due diligence. You didn't. There were no focus groups. There were no studies. You didn't. You didn't. Uh, 
you got the disclosure document from the franchisor, but you didn't really pay attention to it. And so uh, these are the issues that people have to get into. They don't realize this takes time and we're always in a hurry. Well, I want to get the license before somebody else and I want to get it operating and I want to do it, you know, before the end of the year. Well, practically speaking, before the end of next year would be uh, reasonable, but before the end of this year, no, it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And if you force it, you're going to lose money. And this happens over and over. Have you done interviews with a franchise or uh, in Kuwait or franchisees in Kuwait in the past oh, seven yes. years? Yes, many of them, uh, you know, existing, some who want to franchise their business. Um, mm-hmm. One of my uh, famous clients in Kuwait is Deer and Deer, that uh, I think Deer and Deer will be an international um, brand at some point. So there is a Kuwaiti entrepreneur who came up with the idea of Deer and Deer and uh, who's beginning uh, to franchise that. Awesome. And, uh, and of course, I've met with Mr. El Shaya, who is, uh, you know, the world's largest master franchisee. What have you discovered about franchising in Kuwait, Dr. John, well, based on the it, interviews that you have done? It operates differently in Kuwait. This is the first thing that people have to understand, that generally, if I buy the master license for Germany, then I'm going to sub-franchise. So if I want to open 50 units in Germany, um, I might own two or three of them myself, but then I'm going to franchise to other people, the rest of them, whether I find three or four or five people who want to own multiple units, or I have 40 individual franchisees. But in Kuwait, uh, I don't know anyone who operates that way. In Kuwait, Mm -hmm. it's uh, you buy the master license and you keep it and you open all the units. Uh, And if you have the financial ability to do that, that's great franchisor likes that as well because the franchisor would rather uh, deal with one person than 20 people uh, mm-hmm. in in Kuwait. So th- that's a little different that you don't have an opportunity here to become a franchisee because if you wanted to be a franchisee of Starbucks, well, you can't. Mr. El Shia is not going to allow that. He doesn't <laughs> sub-franchise. So um, that's a big uh, disadvantage to the entrepreneurial community because you can't get a franchise of McDonald's. Mm-hmm. It's the master licensee uh, owns it and controls them all. So you can't be a, a franchisee of one or two units uh, in Kuwait. That doesn't uh, occur. And that's not the way it works in the rest of the world. Okay. What is the biggest aha moment you have had in your journey with entrepreneurs and startups in franchising? Take us there and tell us about that moment. Well, I think that when I first heard about franchising in 1979, a gentleman called me on the phone and said, I'm a franchisor. In 1979, I was 20 something. And uh, I didn't know what he said. Uh, I heard the word, but, and I heard the word franchise before, but I had not heard the word franchisor. And then he started talking about, he wanted to, wanted my help to, um, to promote his uh, franchise and to find more franchisees. And I was really lost. I didn't know what this was about. So in the, in the course of the conversation, I got him to explain more. And he said, well, essentially, I'm the franchisor. I have this business. If you become my franchisee, I'll teach you how to operate this business in your local market. And um, you, you can you'll be successful if you follow my rules and regulations and you use my marketing. Uh, I've got other franchisees who have done this, and uh, you can do it as well. And it's a small amount of money at the time. In fact, for this franchise, it was only $8,000 to become a franchisee. 
and I was a college professor at the time making $1,000 a month. <laughs> so um, I thought I had no idea that this was, I knew that McDonald's was a franchise, but you know, uh, you, you, we also, and it's not true, you don't need a million dollars to become a McDonald's franchisee in the United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the concept that we had, you know, well, that's not, I could never do that because, um, well, I don't know anything about food and I don't know anything about real estate and I don't have a million dollars to become a franchisee. But, and this was a non-food business to business, uh, franchise that was very affordable. And that was an aha moment for me. You mean that there are all these different, and I discovered there were, uh, you know, a, a thousand or more at the time, different franchises that were not food that I could, anyone could buy into and learn in a matter of uh, uh, days or weeks how to operate that business. I thought, wow, that is somebody's going to hold your hand. Somebody's going to give you the brand. Somebody's going to teach you the system so you don't have to invent everything from day one because that's where. You don't know how to do that and you run into, you know, how do I, how do I find real estate? How do I know it's a good real estate location? Mm-hmm. Well, a franchisor has uh, benchmarks that will tell you if you, if you apply the benchmarks to the, re, to the retail location that you're looking at, to the specific real estate, the corner that you're looking at, they'll t- it'll tell you whether or not that's a good location or if you should look someplace else. Mm-hmm. Whereas if I'm doing that on my own, I don't know what the benchmarks are. I, I could make up the benchmarks, but I would they would have no evidence behind them. Whereas a franchisor knows we've opened 300 units, and in the process of doing that, we have learned that if you're not on the northeast corner, uh, and if you don't have at least 20 parking spaces, this is not a good location. And people will go out and get the southwest corner and no parking locations and then wonder, gee, how come this didn't work? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you have talked about something I think I want to highlight based on, on your aha moment, which is picking up a, a franchise that you are aware of or you like to operate in. Like you don't like food or you don't have experience in food, but you go and get a franchise in food business. Mm-hmm. So what's your thought about that? Should I have a passion or an interest in industry or an experience and then go and pursue a franchise or going with any franchise regardless of my experience? You can go with any franchise regardless of your experience if certain things are in line. Number one, it's a good franchisor. Today, and no one knows for sure how many in North America, but it's between 3,000 and 4,000 different franchise brands in North America. So you can uh, look at any of those uh, brands. You can um, uh, consider you know, bringing any of them to, um, to Kuwait. But is it going to be right for uh, the marketplace, and is it going to be the right kind of business for you? If it's not a good franchisor, you don't want to get involved with them. If you don't have the mindset of a franchisee, which is, I am willing to follow someone else's plan. Many entrepreneurs, and in fact, entrepreneurs is a bad word to use in franchising because franchisors don't want entrepreneurs because entrepreneurs are known for being mavericks. They want to do everything their own way. So they don't, entrepreneurs like to figure out how things work. They like to tinker with the system. They like to break it, even if it doesn't need to be broken and start all over again. And franchisors don't want that. Franchisor says, here's my plan. There are 22 steps to operating my business. 
and I want you to do these 22 steps day in and day out. Well, to an entrepreneur, that could be boring, or an entrepreneur could say, well, you know, I don't like step number five. I think I could skip it, or I could change it, and that creates a problem. Mm -hmm. So do you have the right mindset? So it's very important for people to find out, do they have the right personality for franchising? I've certainly helped people do that because there are free tests that I point them to Mm -hmm. that they can take to find out, are you compatible with this idea of franchising? And then, of course, if if it's a good franchisor and you're the right personality, the right type of person to be a successful franchisee, of course, you've got to have some money. Mm -hmm. Now, depending on the concept, you might need less money or you might need more money. And then you've got to have other uh, accesses such as if it's a retail location, do you have access to the real estate? In the United States, it's much easier to get real estate than it is in a place like Kuwait, where it's tightly controlled and it's not easy to get a good location. Okay. On average, based on your experience, what franchise do usually ask for when it comes to royalty fee for a master franchise? Yes, for a master franchise, for a license, it's going to vary from as little as a, a quarter of a million dollars in a small country and where they're not going to open too many units to a million dollars is not unusual and sometimes more, Mm -hmm. but generally in that range for the master license fee. And remember the master license fee, all that gets you is the right to be the franchisee in your country. Country Yeah. So it doesn't include any real estate. It doesn't include any employees. It doesn't include equipment. It doesn't include Uh, Sometimes it doesn't include the training or it doesn't include the cost of getting to the training because if you have to be trained in the United States or you have to be trained in London, then you've got to pay your expenses. You've got to live there maybe for two weeks. Maybe you have to have two or three people with you during training. training program. Yeah, true. Awesome. Dr. John, now let's switch to the other side of entrepreneur side, especially existing small businesses with operation. There is one question that founders always ask. When is the right time to start considering a franchising for my business and how much would it cost me to get that done? Especially you have an, an mm-hmm. you know, an experience with the local brands here in Kuwait. Yes. So uh, this is this is a very good question and uh, so important for people because they start a business and some of them want to franchise it immediately. And so I will explain to them, well you can do that. You can start out franchising, but you have then have no experience and no history. So if I'm a franchisee, I want to know, well, how many years have you operated the business and how has the business fluctuated from the fall to the winter to the summertime? Does it have highs and lows? When are those highs and lows? Um, You don't have any experience because you've never operated it. So franchising right out of the box is very difficult to do. But if you start a business and you start operating it, you need to document every step of the way. So and that's called building your system. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurs don't do that, or they don't do that very well. Or they'll, they'll think back and they'll recall what they did. Well, that's not good enough. It's better every day to keep a diary of what you've done and how you've done it, what worked, what didn't work. You had this ad, you thought it was great, you put it on the radio, it, it bombed, it didn't get you any results. Well, why? Don't, and don't do that again and make sure that your franchisees don't do that. So it's developing a system. So you know that it's time to start franchising uh, when people start asking you, hey, is this a franchise? I'd like to have one of these. And this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's also, uh, it, it, that's, that's a trigger to know, okay, uh, people are taking notice. People would like to own one. 
Um, the advantage to me of franchising to someone else is I'll get another unit open using my name. It looks like I'm bigger, I'm more successful, and I don't have to put up any money because they'll put up the money. So mm-hmm. I can get my name exposed 20 more times if I have 20 franchisees, and I didn't have to pay any money to do that. However, it's still, it's not free to be a franchisor. You've got to comply with uh, certain laws. Now in Kuwait, there are no specific franchise laws. In the United States, there are specific franchise laws that franchisors have to comply with, including creating a disclosure document of 20-some points of information that the government requires franchisors to provide if you're going to sell a franchise to an American citizen. In Kuwait, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to provide that kind of document. But there's got to be some legal, legal business uh, document between franchisor and franchisee. Uh, but then you need your training manual, and you need the, the training manual documented, and maybe you need to put your training manual on video because today that's uh, much more likely that people are being trained through videos rather than through reading a book, for example, and people here in Kuwait don't want to read a book anyway or, or read a manual. And then you've got to have good training people. Um, so, And you've got to have the money to do this, mm-hmm. and you've got to have the time. So when I, I say to a franchisor to, to a business owner, an entrepreneur who wants to franchise their business. And I say, are you ready to start concentrating on a different customer? Because all this time you've been concentrating on the customer who buys your product. And that's good that you've done that. But now you've got to stop spending your time thinking about that customer. And you have a new customer called a franchisee. A franchisee, in fact, who's going to pay you maybe 350,000 US dollars to become your franchisee or $120,000. And you, you don't get all that money um, because it, it, that would include training and include real estate and it might include equipment as well. Basically, a franchisor gets a franchise fee, which might be any, in the range of 50,000 US dollars. I'll pay you 50,000 US dollars. You teach me everything I have to do including where to get the real estate. Then it's going to take me more money to pay for the real estate. So I'm now your customer. And I expect you, if I give you $50,000 to teach me your business, I expect to call you every day of the week if I need to. And I expect you to answer my call. And I would expect you or someone to come to my location and help me when I've got uh, issues. So, and many entrepreneurs, number one, don't want to do that. And number two, don't have the time to do that. So, then don't become a franchisor because you're doing a great disservice to franchising and mm-hmm. to the people who put up their money because they won't succeed. And then you have a lot of failure. And that's what led the United States government in 1979 to create the franchise rule, which does regulate how franchises are sold. And in countries where anybody can become a franchisor and anybody can sell a franchise, Okay, well, that that uh, is more dangerous than than the American way. Although America has the the highest number of regulations for franchising than any country in the world, but mm-hmm. America is also the most successful country in the world for franchising. Okay, on average, how much would it cost me as a business owner today to it building will, up the system and putting things on? It will screen? cost you in the range of a hundred thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand U.S. dollars to become a legitimate franchisor and to do things first class. Awesome, awesome. Dr. John, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back soon. 
والحين خلونا نشكر الشركات الراعيه لبودكاست لونش اون فاير الراعي البلاتيني وزاره الدوله لشؤون الشباب الراعي الذهبي اسنان تاور وون جلوبل ونشكر الجهات الاعلاميه الراعيه بعد سنسكيب مجله خليجسك والجمعيه الدوليه للاعلان فرع الكويت وموقع كويت بودكاست بودكاست لونش اون فاير من انتاج الزنكي انتربرايزز So we are back with Dr. John, the expert of franchising here in Kuwait. Dr. John, what is the number one advice you would give to small business owners or startups to take their business to the next level in general, not just franchising? Well, they've got to um, make sure that they're getting the the approval of consumers, that this is a business that it's not just, okay, it's good for a couple of years Uh, you've got to make sure that this is a business that people need, whether it's a business-to-business type of operation, mm-hmm. you're providing something to other businesses, which is a very good way to be in business, or you're providing to uh, the consumer. So you've got to get acceptability of your product or of your brand, and and getting the brand well-established as early as possible is really important, whether you're a franchisor or not. Awesome. So how would... We're going back to the subject of franchising right now. How would overcome the fear of franchising? Well, uh, actually, I am. Uh, uh, the next book that I'm writing is called uh, Take the Fear Out of Franchising, and it's all about uh, this concept of uh, fear in franchising. And, uh, and, and, and people are right to be fearful about franchising because there are issues um, that where you can get stuck. You can spend a lot of money and not get anything out of it. So... Um, due diligence is the, the short uh, explanation of how you overcome this fear. There mm-hmm. are certain things that you must do. Just like every good franchise um, operates by a system, buying a good franchise, uh, you can do that by following a system. And that's part of what I do, particularly through my books. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my books has uh, 17 steps to buying a franchise. And if you follow step by step what I'm telling you to do, then you greatly improve your chances of succeeding as a franchisee. Awesome. What is the best advice you ever received when it comes to franchising? Wow. The best advice, um, I, I would go back again to following the rules. I have been a franchisee. And so following the rules and regulations that the franchisor sets out, following the system, mm-hmm. do it the way. If you have a good franchisor, listen to them and do what they're telling you to do. Awesome. If you just recommend one book for our listeners, what would it be? The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. <laughs> it should be one of my own books, but Michael Gerber's book on the E-Myth uh, is, you know, why it's why entrepreneurs screw up their businesses. This is a small book. It's been around for a long, long time. Um, I would go read that book. It's, um, a, it's, a, it's an amazing book. Yeah. I read it a couple of times. So imagine you are starting a small business as a franchisee. What would you do first? If I'm starting a small business that, and I acquired a franchise yeah. license, I would go to training and I would spend uh, uh, every moment that I could at the franchisor's training and talk to as many successful franchisees as possible to find out what they're doing and how they're doing it. Awesome. Dr. John, we have reached the end of our episode today. We would like to get one piece of guidance on how our listeners could reach and find you out. It's easy to reach me, howtobuyafranchise.com. Mm-hmm. I blog there. I have a podcast there. 
and my uh, YouTube uh, channel. Uh, you can access it from there as well. So I've got lots of free information that helps people, whether they want to become a franchisee or a franchisor. Awesome. On behalf of our listener, Dr. John, thank you so much for sharing with us such information about franchising. I'm sure we captured the great information and yeah. tips and ideas today, and our listeners will get really get a massive benefit out of it. Great. And appreciate that, and we hope to see you again in the yeah. podcast. Thank Dr. you. John. My pleasure to be here. You're welcome. Great. بودكاست لونش اون فاير اول بودكاست عربي متخصص ومهتم في عالم رياده الاعمال والمشاريع الصغيره والمتوسطه في العالم يجيكم من الكويت اللي هي تعتبر قلب عاصمه رياده الاعمال في الخليج والشرق الاوسط بودكاست لونش اون فاير موجود في الايتونز وتقدرون تتابعون حلقاتنا وتسوون سبسكرايب من خلال برنامج البودكاست الموجود في الاب ستور لاجهزه ابل أو اللي موجود في الويندوز ستور بالإضافة إلى برنامج ستيتشر الموجود في كل الأجهزة أو عن طريق موقعنا الإلكتروني أو موقع البودكاست launchonfire.com وهم بإمكانكم تتابعون حساباتنا في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي at launchonfire وإذا عندكم أحد مهتم في ريادة الأعمال والمشاريع الصغيرة والمتوسطة دزوا له لينك الموقع أو سووا له منشن في مواقع التواصل الاجتماعي على أن نلقاكم إن شاء الله في الحلقة الجايه